pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministry, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change. And now here's today's podcast. tuning in. This is your host, Pastor Malachi. This is the LWM Podcast, and I thank you for tuning in every week and following me on our podcast and also sharing it with others. That right there is really appreciative. I thank you so very much. I try to bring topics that are relevant to our times, that are meaningful, thought-provoking, get you to think. That's why I ask the Lord, what should I talk about in the podcast coming up? Try to find topics that relate to a lot of you that are in church, a lot of you that are Christians, a lot of you that are leaders, a lot of you that are parents, a lot of you that are single, a lot of you that are dating. So I want topics that will reach you right where you are. And I know that this topic has gotten a lot of attention right there in the leadership and also on the deacon board. And truth be told, many of them are having sex outside of their marriage. This is why I tend to believe why so many churches are not talking about sex is because what's going on, hello, in the pulpit. What's going on on the deacon board? What's going on in the pastor's office? I'm sorry to say, but it's the truth. This is why the topic of sex really isn't being hit as hard as it should be hit is because of the leadership. Sex, I want it, and I want it now. That's a serious topic because from a human perspective, and this is what I've run into on this particular topic, it seems reasonable to think that it's okay for a couple to have sex if they're going to be married soon anyway. That's a misconception. Don't believe that. If you are engaged and you're about to be married real soon, don't think that it's okay to have sex just because you're about to be married. Hold out. You don't have that much longer to go, especially if you've been holding out anyway. I commend you. I take my hat off to you. God's word has a clear and direct command on this particular topic, sex. He says in Hebrews 13 and 4, marriage should be honored by all. That's a fact. And the marriage bed kept pure. Oh, that's a fact. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Now, that right there in this verse includes all of those who engage in sex outside of their marriage. That's considered sexually immoral. The world views fornication very lightly, but not God. When you turn on the TV, what do you see? 
Sex, 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 everywhere. Just messing up our children's mind to think that it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. It's okay to sleep with different partners. It's okay to sleep with the same sex. It's okay to sleep. It's not okay. Let me put that out there right now before we really get started in this. It's not okay. I'm sorry. It is not okay. (laughs) It goes against natural law. Even in the animal kingdom, you don't see two male animals trying to have sex. You don't see that. Even they know that it's, it goes against the laws of nature. Even in the animal kingdom, they know that two same sex trying to have sex is against God's law. But sex in Today's world and today's society sells. You look at magazines, you look at commercials, everything centers around sexuality. Women are looking at men with rippling muscles and tight abs and and wishing, ooh, I wish my man looked like that. And men are looking at women in Sports Illustrated or They're looking at Victoria's Secrets because they just love, I want to get my wife. No, y'all just looking at the girls. You ain't thinking about buying your wife no lingerie. You looking at the girls that's displaying the lingerie. Oh, ask me how I know. But it gets even deeper. It gets deeper than that. You know, you look at so many shows that are pressing the envelope they're not pressing the envelope they're on the envelope they're they're just doing everything that would be considered immorally wrong they're doing it it would case in point you never could be able to watch tv back in the 60s 70s of people having sex you wouldn't see that now you not only see it but they're engaging in soft porn. You know, they didn't used to show naked bodies, but now they show everything. They show the flower, they show the breasts, they show everything. But it didn't used to be like, so you can see how much depravity is entering into our society. And our children are being exposed to that every single day. Young people, many young people enter The dating world completely unprepared for the powerful emotions, desires, and temptations awaiting them. Talk about sex with your young people. Talk about sex with your young ladies and your young men. Men, talk to your young boys about how to respect a young girl, a young woman, how to respect her her body. Stop feeling on her and trying to get a quick feel and feel on her little breast and feel on her behind. Tell that young man to respect that young woman. And women, men, teach your daughters as well. Teach them not to be so apt to want to be touched and want to be felt on. You know, that's why men ought to love their daughters in the house and show them love and show them the type of respect that they ought to get while they're out there. They ought to have that high respect for themselves that when a young man wants to fill on it, like, hey, no, 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 it's not going to be any of that. Teach them to keep their hands to themselves. Stop allowing them to be treated like second class women. Stop parking in the dark. 
kissing in the back seat. Don't allow a young man to get you in the back seat. Respect yourself enough to say, no, I'm not getting in the back seat. No, you can't fill on me like that. No, you can't touch me like that. Respect yourself and the young man will respect you. Young man, respect that young woman. She's a young queen, young princess. Respect her as such. Stop disrespecting her, thinking of her as a sexual toy. All this is because of what we see on TV, what we hear in these songs. You got all these love songs these young people are listening to, and it's arousing so many emotions in them. Talking about sex and having sex and touching one another and what they do when they get touched and how they feel. And they're hearing this in the music. They're seeing this on TV. How do we regain as parents that respect even Christians firm in their conviction that sexual activity before marriage is off limits can be caught off guards by all the steps in between celibacy and intercourse. Abstinence. Let me say it again. Abstinence teaching often fails by not being specific enough about the complexity of sexuality and the hidden dangers of messing around. We need to go back to teaching our children, our young men and women, quote unquote, messing around is not okay. Mama used to tell me that if you mess with fire, you're going to end up getting burned. But this is what our young people are dealing with right now. That it's okay to mess around because it's, it's what they see on TV. It's okay to mess around. My mama mess around. My daddy mess around. Why can't I mess around? What goes around comes around. What's good for the goose, you know what they say, is good for the gander. Be careful how you act in front of your children. Be careful how you live in front of your children because your children will do and live exactly as you do. They will mimic every move you make. Paul exhorts the Christian at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2, saying, Now, for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Isn't it amazing that Paul wrote this to the church because the church was having problems with having sex with other men's wives and other women's husbands? His words will later encourage those who are able to live single and celibately in order to fully serve Christ. And you can read about that over in 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 9 and 1 Corinthians 7, 25 through 40. Read that. Matter of fact, just read all of 1 Corinthians 7. Because biblically, the only appropriate context for sexual relations is marriage. Those who are going to get married are, by definition, unmarried. Biblically, the only appropriate context for sexual relations is marriage. Those who are going to get married are, by definition, unmarried and should not be living as if they were. Hello? 
You're unmarried, so you should not be living as if you were married. That's why it gets me that people that are living together, they feel that they or they think or they they act like they have so much control over this other person as if they were married. You're not married, so you have no control. You have no rules. You can't make any demands on a person you're not married to as if you were married. You're not married. That's the definition. Un married so those brothers out there those men out there that are demanding certain things from that woman just because you're living together you cannot demand anything from her or from him ladies as if you were married oh i know a lot of you are just at odds right now because of the society that we live in they say that it's okay it's okay in our society but in the church realm it's not okay and god's eyesight is not okay why singles decide ahead of time what boundaries they need in order to keep themselves pure if you look at matthews 5 and 8 it says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god those boundaries may not be the same for all people for example some couples choose to save their first kiss for the wedding day there are a few people out there that are like that they'll say no we're not going to kiss until our wedding day and what does this do limiting their physical contact before marriage to hand holding and quick hugs now how many of you can do that that are engaged that are dating no kissing now if you're going to marry this person can you hold out can you Put those types of boundaries on the relationship if you really love that person, if you really feel that that person is your purpose partner. Yes, you can. You can fight against those temptations. You can be strong in that area of saying, you know what? I love you that much that we're going to hold out. I'm not going to be physically tempting you. We're going to hold out completely. We're not going to do none of that. Others believe long, passionate kisses are appropriate for those approaching marriage because the commitment is already in place. <laughs> Think about that. Well, the commitment's already in place, baby, so we might as well kiss passionately. We might as well hug. But never is it acceptable to remove clothing, fundle beneath clothing, simulate the sex acts, even with clothes on. They call that dry humping. Or speak in dirty or vocal terms. What am I talking about? People talk about, oh, we can... We can talk about certain things on the phone. You know, we're not having sex. Really? We can grind on each other. It's okay. Really? Come on. Ephesians 4.29 states, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. All such behavior is designed to elicit sexual desires you cannot righteously fulfill, which is the same as encouraging someone else to sin. So when you talk to this person on the phone in ways that's arousing that person and they're trying their best to be godly, what you are in fact doing is encouraging that person to sin. 1 Corinthians 8 and 12 says, but when you thus sin against the brethren 
and wound their weak conscience, you sinned against Christ. They might have weak conscience. They might not be as strong as you. But then again, if you're that strong, you shouldn't be talking in certain ways anyway. You know what? In the Jewish culture, sexual relations were clearly restricted until marriage under the laws of Moses. Even though a betrothal was considered a binding agreement, sexual relations were still restricted until the actual marriage. And it should be that way now. If you are betrothed, if you are engaged, you're engaged to that person. That should be a, a binding agreement that sexual relations will be restricted until the actual marriage. The first time a man and a woman had sexual relations together was considered the consummation of the marriage. So think about it. These two acts, marriage and sexual intercourse, were so closely related as to be nearly synonyms. That's how close they are. This explains in part why Jesus answered the Pharisees' question uh, about divorce in Matthews 19 and 9, saying, I tell you that anyone who divorces a wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Because in the Jewish culture, marriage and sexual relations were commonly spoken of together. You know, there are certain things that's called soul ties. Every person that you've had sex with, you have a soul tie with. And you wonder why you acting crazy. You wonder why that woman's acting crazy. You wonder why you have so many different spirits in you. Because if you were that type that was out there having sex with all these different partners, well, a piece of them is with you. Soul ties. Paul elaborates on this idea in 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. You know what? I tell you to read it, but you might forget. So I'm going to read it for you. Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know? that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Paul says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not of your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You lay down with someone and have sex, you become one. There was a saying that you lay down with dogs, you'll get up with fleas. 
In Paul's discussion of God's lordship over our bodies as well as our souls, he says that when a man has sex with a prostitute, he has become one with her. That was verse 16. So it's clear that the sexual relationship, no matter the context, is special. There is a level of vulnerability one experiences in a sexual relationship that God wants kept within a committed, trusting marital union. Even if you think you're going to get married to the person, it's important to honor one another by waiting until you are actually married before giving yourselves to one another sexually. Because God thinks so highly of the relationship between the man and woman. Simply Having marriage plans for the future does not give anyone the right to disobey God's clear commands in the scripture. I don't care if you're getting get married tomorrow. Hold out. Stop sleeping with the person if you're not married with them. Don't put yourself in a precarious situation. Honor that person. Have that person honor you. Young women, let me share something with you. If a young man tells you, that he loves you, but he wants you to have sex with him, then you tell him, if you really love me, then you would not request this of me until we're married. Then you'll see how serious he is. Nine times out of 10, he'll go find someone else that's easier than you. Stand firm on what you believe is right. Don't allow yourself to fall to the temptation of man. Even you men, don't allow yourselves to fall to the temptations of a beautiful woman. If you love each other that much, then you'll hold out. If you, I know what I'm talking about. If you love one another that much, then you'll respect one another. If you are planning to get married, congratulations. That's an honorable thing. But in your planning, honor God and honor your future spouse. That's the highest love that you can give them before you get married. Premarital sex is a temptation for every engaged or dating couple. It's requiring precautions and a commitment to walk in the spirit. Think about your wedding plans. Think about God's goodness to you as a couple. But as Romans 13 and 14 puts it, do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Sex, I want it and I want it now. Okay, let me ask you this. How far is too far? How far is too far? That's what we're going to be discussing next week in part two of sex. I want it and I want it now. Y'all come back here. This concludes our podcast for today. Through one podcast at a time, we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems. Remember to love God, love yourself, and love others. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others. Until next time, I'm Pastor Malachi.